Why, hello there again, everybody. We missed you. We are back with another big heaping serving of sex, drugs, whimsy, wacky news, all the things that you have come to expect. From us. The Digital Talk Podcast. Yes. But before we get into all that glory, I just wanted to check in briefly. For those of you who are not Patreon supporters, you didn't listen to last week's episode. It got heavy. We lost somebody close to the podcast, and we dedicated the episode to them. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please come join us at patreon.com backslash Dirty Talk Podcast, and you can hear every episode that comes out. I just wanted to start this episode by checking in with Rain because she was really heavily affected by the news from last week, and I just wanted to see how she's dealing with that now. <laughs> so um, last week, we had our typical uh, whimsy, wacky, uh, sexy time, dirty talk for you all, and one of the biggest and most long-term supporters of the podcast very unexpectedly passed, and it definitely affected me. And I was going to try and do our regular podcast. And you were the one that was like, hey, um, it doesn't really seem like you were in the space. And you were correct. I wasn't. Uh, so the last podcast was basically me crying for 40 minutes straight uh, while I... Um, remembered and went over and cherished the interactions I had with someone. And for people that aren't on the uh, inside and don't catch every single podcast that we put out, this podcast isn't just us talking at you. We, our listeners interact with us. They suggest topics. Um, I do a lot more social media than you do, but I get very involved with our listeners. I have friendships. I learn from the people that listen to this podcast. Uh, we cover topics that they suggest. And one of our biggest supporters who has really been a, a big part of this podcast uh, passed. And I, it kind of rattled me. Um, and I, I want to thank you for allowing me to do a tribute to this person last week because uh, they've been a part of my life for multiple years now, and they were a big part of my life, and they were important to me. So um, I've been in correspondence with uh, his partners, and uh, they listened to the podcast, and uh, they said that, that he wouldn't have wanted me crying. Uh, that he was a really loving, cheerful person, and he wouldn't have wanted my takeaway to have been in tears. So this week's podcast is um, not me crying, but is me wanting to say thank you to our listeners that we get a lot out of this. And it's I really enjoy sharing time and space with you all. Uh, but you know, try and stay on the right side of the dirt for me, please. I appreciate that. And it's more fun to interact with you when you're on the top side of the dirt. Mm -hmm. We're not necrophiliacs around here. We're not. Well, that's illegal and unsanitary. <laughs> and immoral. 
it's illegal, immoral, and unsanitary, and uh, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm Agreed. very con- consent-based, and uh, corpses cannot consent. Yes. So don't don't do that. Welcome to the Dirty Talk Podcast necrophilia-free <laughs> zone. That's right. <laughs> it says on our t-shirts. Maybe. <laughs> or I'll make a t-shirt that says that. We're not here to judge anyone's kink unless you're a necrophiliac, in which case I am going to judge your kink. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, I guess uh, we should jump right into the sex portion of this episode. Oh, my God. What a transition. That's a great transition, okay. actually. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay, go on. Speaking Let's... of things that are dead, speaking of sex and things that are oh. completely dead. Oh. Oh. Are you ready go- for it? Uh, Am I? This is a good tie-in, actually. This is the perfect tie-in. Okay. What do you got for me? Do you remember Tumblr? So I never was on it, but people talk about Tumblr like LiveJournal. Like it's this holy grail of epic awesomeness. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was before my time. I do remember Tumblr dying. Yeah. Well, it's still around. Believe it or not. I I know. No, no, no. I know. No, no. I know it's still around. So... The thing is, like whenever, MySpace, you can't believe it. Yeah. It's there. It's, well, it's some zombie shifting, site. People are shifting back to Tumblr. I've actually seen a number of people this week since the uh, whole Twitter shift has happened. Uh, and Tumblr is like, whoopsie doopsie. Uh, you know how we tried to ban all. Tumblr was the place for porn gifts mm. oh that's basically the only reason anybody was on there on yes and then tum and then tumblr's like we can't have all of these porn gifts no no we're gonna stop that and then everybody left tumblr mm-hmm. because hear me out people like the porn that's why the internet was invented yes the internet is for porn mm-hmm. that's the only reason why the internet is here i mean we, we I, found other uses for it we found other incredible great uses for it but Sure, but the heart and soul of the internet is is porn, pornography. Yes, and of course, when Tumblr got rid of it, it essentially died. They lost over thirty percent of their user base within Uh a month. Uh huh. Told you, I did see Tumblr die. Yeah, I was actually on Tumblr for my day job as a social media manager, and I used to post on it for my day job. And then when they said no more porn. Uh, I stopped posting on it because it became a deceased site mm-hmm. in yeah. that it still exists, but stick a fork in it. It's done. Uh-huh. However, is there some life? Does it twitch? I think it's might be coming back because they did lift the porn ban. No, People can post porn on Tumblr again no, no, because no, no, they no, were no, suffering. No, not, not porn. It has to be artistic nudes. Oh, artistic nudes now? That is they, not porn. I've actually looked into it because my... We love doing this podcast. Yes, we do. Uh, it doesn't pay diddly squat. And I do have a day job as a social media manager. And uh, I have been paying attention to yield Tumblr situation. And you can't do porn. It is artistic nudes. But you can still have nudity. They, they you can have nudity, but it's nudity must, at one time. They had. But the nudes have to be artfully done. What's it, Who determines if it's art or not? Well, I guess no squat thrusts over a traffic safety cone. Maybe, unless it's artfully done. Is it like a glitter traffic oh, safety cone? Look at how with... artfully I have framed in the shadowing on this dick pic <laughs> I have posted online. 
Uh, it, it can't be, I guess, full on like raunchy. Yeah, that's right. Jizz your babies on my tonsils. Like mm-hmm. it's got to be done artistically, which I mean, frankly, uh, most all of the uh, arty nudes that I post, I only post arty nudes now because it's not welcome unless it's done artistically. Done and artistically. I am an artist. So all of my nudes are very artistically done. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the debate rages on as to what is art. One person's art is another person's absolute filth. Uh, lighting is what makes it <laughs> Just art. Good lighting. Good lighting and some and some mood creating shadows. Really, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is what makes it art. Mm-hmm. You just you don't want that like stark. Yeah, lighting. Of course, oil paints, because you can go to any museum in the world and they'll have pictures of naked people on the walls. Yeah, yeah, but but in really good lighting. With, with I mean, fancy oil paints. That's right, what makes right. it art. That's and a high right. price tag. <laughs> True. I found it amusing when I was looking over the whole Tumblr thing that at the height of their popularity, they were worth $1.1 billion. Do you know how much they sold for once they banned the pornography and their user base evaporated 37 cents and some pocket lint no a little not not quite as generous as that i mean more generous it's it, it was worth a slightly more than that five pieces of pocket lint 57 cents and five <laughs> pieces of pocket lint no no three million dollars yeah, well, good fucking. I mean, one point one billion to three million. Yeah, yeah, and and I laughed and laughed, and then I rubbed my nipples, which you couldn't post I, on Tumblr. Which I couldn't post. on You Tumblr. couldn't post any gifts of you rubbing your nipples on there because that would have been banned. While I cackled and said, "Told you so, told you so." Mm-hmm. It was also an up and coming space for the LGBTQ plus community. Because and they, they decimated it. Oh yeah. They well, they could post things on there that appealed to them, and they could find mm-hmm. images on them that were more empowering to their body image and their community. And then Tumblr got rid of it all, and then they lost that whole sub community. So, what I'm saying is, good luck to you, Tumblr. Good luck on your comeback. <laughs> sure, it'll be successful. I'm giving them the skeptical side eye, and I hope that they learned a lesson. Mm-hmm. And. I do not have a degree in business, but when they made that decision, I knew exactly what was going to happen. It's one of those things where you don't want to be right, but you were. It's like, oh, if only I was so good at predicting winning lottery tickets as I was for predicting how much that would decimate you. But I I hoped that whoever made that choice ended up losing millions of dollars and sobbing themselves to sleep while clutching bank statements done in red ink. Artistically. Art, uh, not, not, not artistically, just miserable. I hope that they were miserable. I hope that they regretted every second of that for ruining what was an incredible artistic space that was really beneficial to a lot of people that also contained a lot of porn. Yeah, and friends of ours that used to love to send each other porn gifts. Oh that was their way of flirting with each other. God. All day, every day, constant day, you, just okay. <laughs> stream okay, of porn gifts on their phone. I did. Uh, okay, that I didn't actually miss. That I'm okay with having a little less of that. Yes, mm-hmm. I know exactly who you're talking about, and yes. Mm-hmm. So there I have it. Uh, sex back on Tumblr. You had some sex for us as well. 
oh my goodness, I have so much sex for you. I have a ton of sex. Uh, okay, so um, starting from the top, I had heard this before, and as our listeners know, we are really into research. And one of the things that I find kind of interesting is that our concept of homosexuality is actually a fairly modern concept. And we have discussed this before in the past, where what we think of as heterosexual and homosexual is actually much more of a modern concept post-Victorian age than many people realize. And I want to uh, first start off with what sex was like in medieval times. Now, when we think of medieval times, most of us, uh, I mean, I don't know, I'm not in your brains, but probably most of us think, okay, people, the church was really prevalent. I think and... of the restaurant myself. <laughs> not Knights that good. jousting, large turkey legs. I've, I've, I've been, it's, it's actually not that good. And the, the goblets that they have get really cold. Mm. If you've ever held a historically accurate drinking container, mm -hmm. you realize that for most of human history, people were uncomfortable. And you had nothing else to compare it Drinking to. Drinking out of lead. It's you're getting lead poisoning and your fingertips are cold. Uh, yeah, I've been to medieval times. It's I'm okay. Anywho, when we think of, of traditionally, when we're like, okay, the, the church is in control of everything and sex is only for procreation and you can't have affairs, uh, heaven forbid, what we don't really consider is that there was an absolute lack of privacy. So sex was a lot more public than it is now. People lived communally and you did not get to be able to go into a room and shut the door. Mm. That was a privilege. For the very, not, very wealthy. Not even kings and queens. If you actually look at how medieval people, even kings, the kings would get up. They couldn't even get dressed on their own. There would be a whole order. You get dressed, you pick up a sock. In order for a king to get dressed, the royal groom of the bedchamber has to hold the sock, pass it along. They, the king's you, chief sock keeper. Yeah, they. that was literally, a, this is the order of the garter, and you would, I That was a good, good, good gig to have, actually. It was very, very profitable. Mm -hmm. But you had no privacy going to the bathroom. You had no privacy having sex. Uh, well, the it, king's it, ass, would, they would have to stick their ass out the hole in a wall and shit down to the side of the castle, right? Indeed. Yeah, people could uh, yes. look up and see the king's butt sticking out a hole in the castle wall. <laughs> just well, you wouldn't, I don't, you wouldn't really want to look up while that was happening. <laughs> and you don't necessarily know it's the king's butt. Like, mm. it, but we, that would we... be the royal hiney. <laughs> while we might think of sex as something that only happened in the missionary position, only between married people and only for procreation, and anything else was forbidden and you'll burn in hellfire, there was a considerable lack of privacy. And also, there were things that were completely unquestioned that we wouldn't do now communal bathing. Mm -hmm. You just, people saw each other naked all of the time. 
uh, the genders bathed together all of the time. People fucked all of the time, just hanging out in rooms with each other. Sounds like you're describing a modern bathhouse to me. Right, exactly. That's my point. Things were actually a lot more modern. They're than a lot the... more like Steamworks back then. <laughs> well, uh, Steamworks is just uh, for one gender. Yeah. And in, in medieval times, it was just balls and, and vulva all over the place. Okay. Moving on to sex in the Wild West. I ended up doing a bit of a deep dive in terms of sex in our historic past. And one of the things that I found really interesting is that gender roles were a lot more fluid and homosexuality was much more accepted than we in modern present day might actually think. Because we didn't have such strong labels for heterosexual and homosexual. Mm -hmm. It was more like sex is sex, sex happens. It's not as big of a deal with who the gender on the other end is attached to. So when you had towns in the Wild West where there weren't women, then there was some men in the town that would start to take on what would be female gender roles in terms of cooking or or being the sexually receiving partner. And it wasn't necessarily considered gay like we would mm -hmm. think of it now. So males would take on the gender role of uh, being domestic or for physical pleasure. And people didn't freak out to the level that we do in modern times. Mm -hmm. When you would get female individuals around, we had very poor birth control compared to what we have now. So it was actually dangerous at the time for women to be on the receiving end of being a sexual partner because what we had for birth control was genuine toxins. Mm -hmm. So imagine being on the receiving end of having sex. And it's like, if you do get pregnant and you're not in a relationship with this person or you're not married uh, and you don't dare bring a baby into the world, our only options for birth control were stuff that was so toxic that it could kill you. Or God's back door. <laughs> there was actually a lot of God's back door action because of how risky pregnancy was for a multitude of reasons we tin and and sanitation wasn't great and we didn't really have the uh hygiene conditions we have now but for all of human history before we really had effective birth control there was a lot more of uh knocking on the back door than people might necessarily realize you would have to take these toxins that might kill you, or you would have to risk having a pregnancy that might kill you. So uh, more men were sexually active with each other than we necessarily are aware of. And when women were sexually active, there was uh, a lot more backdoor action. Mm -hmm. That was their plan B. That was their plan B. And just like in medieval times, there was no privacy. So in our modern day and age, we tend to think of people in the past as being prudes and really conservative and you can't show an ankle because that's scandalous. And what we don't realize is that uh, having sex 
in a private room without a bunch of people around is actually a really modern concept. And for most of human history, sex was a much more public act that was happening around family members, friends, Mm -hmm. your your kids, your siblings, Mm -hmm. like privacy basically is a modern concept. Well, now people have to pay extra if they want to have sex in front of a group of strangers. <laughs> normally How that the was tides the, have turned. Normally that was the default and and now that is an exception. Also, cross-dressing was a lot more prevalent in the Wild West than we tend to think of in this day and age. Women would cross-dress because of the status and privilege and convenience that Um, wearing male garb would give them, but also men in mining camps that had taken on the female role in terms of both sexual and domestic uh, would cross-dress or uh, dance. Mm -hmm. When you didn't have television and you didn't have the internet and you didn't have radio, uh, dancing and, and public events and live shows were all that we had for entertainment. And if you start to do a deep dive in the Wild West in terms of history, they would have designated male dance partners that were taking on the female role. So they would wear a kerchief tied around their belt, or they would actually indeed wear female garb to signify that they were the the passive uh, feminine end of that equation. And cross-dressing was much more common than we realize and uh, not really questioned. Mm-hmm. It's only in our, our modern day and age that we start thinking that homosexuality is something worthy of note or cross-dressing is something worthy of note, but it happened a lot more than people realized. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You would think because of how dangerous pregnancy is and uh, how toxic birth control was that surely people were doing a lot of oral. There wasn't a lot of bathing going on back then. What? So unbathed anal is... is... Uh, but at least you're not tasting anything. Right. Your well, ass doesn't have taste buds. <laughs> it turns out that oral was one of the biggest taboos, which I kind of knew because I had a uh, collection, a book that collected Tijuana Bibles. You know what a Tijuana Bible is, oh, yes, right? of course. Right. Okay. So when you didn't have television, you didn't have radio, and you didn't have the internet, dirty comics were a thing. And Tijuana Bibles uh, were how people got their porn back in the day. And I have a collected series of Tijuana Bibles that was uh, published. And when I was reading it, what I noticed over and over again was this huge emphasis on how bad and dangerous and taboo and beyond the pale oral sex was. If a man were to go down on a woman and perform oral, it was considered so shocking and degrading and weird and abnormal. Hmm. And in fact, oral, even if it was a woman going down on a man, was considered so weird and perverse that sex workers in the Wild West that were working on brothels would be like, oh, sure, I'll have a bunch of sex with you, but there is no way your cock is going in my mouth. Mm -hmm. And you would think that that would be a really effective way of not risking pregnancy or toxins. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of human history, oral 
sex was considered one of the weirdest and most perverse and forbidden and disgusting things you could do. Yeah. Interesting that now it's just kind of considered foreplay. Right. That is a, a significant and noticeable shift with how a lot of humanity has viewed oral. Now it's foreplay. But back in the day, it was like, oh, sure, definitely. Fuck me up the ass. No yeah, big yeah. deal. Well, I've, <gasps> I've been with girls who have been like, well, I don't know if I'll have sex, but you know, you can eat me out or I'll give you a blowjob. And I was like, sure. All right. That works. It's considered much more mild now, but back in the day, it was the biggest taboo ever. Mm-hmm. Well, staying on the topic of sex, I now want to bring in the drugs. Maybe okay. we'll have some rock and roll later on. Ooh, one can hope. Yes, one can only hope. There is a new warning out there, specifically in Kampala, Uganda. A woman was arrested for robbing men. Do you know how she was able to get these men into such a state that she was able to rob them of pretty much everything? She coated her nipples with drugs. Yes, she coated her nipples with drugs. Uh, I don't know if this is new. This is actually an ongoing thing. Um, Hot women, I've been reading multiple case studies of these over the years where Mm -hmm. hot women will coat a drug on their nipple and, hey, do you want to suck on this nipple? And it turns out that if a hot woman says to you, would you like to suck on my nipple? Many men will say yes. Yeah, free nipple? Sure, yes. Yeah, this is an ongoing thing. I just found an article that popped up because she was arrested at the beginning of November. But I also found numerous articles, things like this had been going on in Thailand for years. And there's been many, many occurrences of that. So, to all and our despite listeners. despite the fact that men know this, they still, they're like, wait a minute, this is an ongoing thing. I, I'm curious. I don't know what drug it is you can coat your nipple where it doesn't soak through your skin and affect you, the nipple And it doesn't wearer. taste so bad that the guy would be like, and it what doesn't, the fuck is going So, like, it, it works orally, but not on your skin. Or mm-hmm. maybe you also get a little buzzed, but whatever it is, you, you coat your nipple with it. These men know. And, and it works yet, fast enough so that they will pass yeah, out fairly out. soon. And then she can take all their possessions and run away. And and yet, still, these men keep sucking on a nipple. When if you, if you had some woman come up to you on the street and were like, hey, stranger, how's it going? You look good. Would you like to suck on my nipple? Free nipple lick. Uh, uh, would you go for it? Me, personally? You, personally, as no. a human. Some random lady came up and be like, yo, you want to suck on my tits? Exactly. I'd, I mean, I'd be intrigued. I would consider it for a second. And I'd be like, this is odd. Are you going to talk? No. Because usually when that happens, then they like start wanting to talk to me about Jesus. I've been out and about and hanging out in the street and some like attractive girl will come up to me and be like, hey, what's going on? How are you doing tonight? Oh, Would you like to you? suck on my nipple? Let's well, talk about well, Jesus. Well, they don't offer Is the that... nipple, but they'll usually seems like they're flirting with me and like, oh, what you and your friend, yo, yo, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it seems like they're flirting with you and they're like, oh, hey, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm down with this. And I was like, oh, well, I ain't not but so much. What, what's going on with you? And they're like, oh, my friends and I, we're going to go to this thing. We're going to talk about Jesus. And it's just this like Jesus honey trap. Well, the children of God, which we have covered in mm-hmm. a previous podcast, call back. 
sex cults yeah. uh, would use flirty fishing. Hey, do you want to have sex with me? Let mm -hmm. me tell you about the cult I'm in. Yeah. Horace for well, Jesus. Sure. So, I mean, definitely if a woman's like, hey, how's it going? Let's talk about Jesus. But what would you do if a woman you'd never met came up to you and proposed you suck on her nipple? I'd say no. I'd say where's exactly. the hidden camera? But but right. a lot of this is they're in bars. So she was doing this at bars. She would be in bars and she would um, be having some drinks with the people and okay. picking them up and flirting with them. And then they go out to the person's car and oh. they start kind of like having a good time. And okay. then the guy will start the foreplay with the nipple sucking. And mm. that's when they get drugged via nipple. They pass out and then she robs them of everything. What drug is it that you can keep on your nipple for half an hour or 45 minutes in a bar to, I mean, does she, I've got questions. Well, I might have to look into this. I know some of them were using Xanax. Uh, with some of the How? articles I was reading about in Thailand, but I don't know how you get like liquid Xanax on your nipples. And Xanax you isn't would. that fast working where you, you got to hang out with the guy for probably 20 minutes or so. And it has to be a fairly high dose before they just pass out. Liquid. So, so she's like crushing up Xanax and like putting it on her nipples, no. but then it would be like gritty, like an entire Xanax pill. And then they've got to like digest it and not notice that your nipple is gritty. Mm. Huh. Okay. This article that just came out hasn't gone into detail about it. They just said that he was drugged via some sedative on her nipples. Uh, so I've definitely run into cases like that before, and they never really specify what the drug is. Mm -hmm. Probably for legal reasons. They don't want to pass out the information. Just so people of, know out there, like, yeah. oh, that's what I can put on my nipples. <laughs> Dear listeners, if anybody out there knows... What we can put on our nipples to make people pass out. I am curious and would like, I would like to know, just scientific curiosity. I'm not going to go around and let people suck on my tits so they pass out. I'm just for so my own personal only, curiosity. It's only my co-host that's requesting that knowledge. I don't actually require that knowledge mm. because, I, I mean, no, thank you. Well, write, but, call, or tweet at us if you know what sort of seven, if you know what sort of sedatives I can put on my nipples to uh, create such an effect. My co-host only wants to know this for scientific reasons and not because he's planning on drugging anyone with his nipples, just to be clear. That's right. Speaking yes. of uh, licking things and getting fucked up. Okay, this is an interesting transition. Are you talking about toads? I'm talking about toads. Oh, I knew it. How, do you knew, I... how did you know I was talking about the toads? Licking things and getting fucked up, that could only be toads. Well, yeah, it's toads. Did you know that the uh, National Park Service recently came out and posted on their Facebook that people should not be licking the Sonora Desert Toad? Yes. You heard about that? Well, I, I didn't know recently. I mean, I had heard that a couple years ago that they had said, please stop licking the toads. So I guess this is an ongoing PSA they're having to do because the toad licking... Uh, phenomenon keeps happening yeah this is just within the last two days that they've told people and because it is it is actually toxic to people what people don't realize with the sonora toad which is a really big toad and you can find it in a lot of the southwestern deserts is that they so they, they have the secretion that they release behind their eyes which you can lick but it's highly toxic and it can make you sick even if you just touch it 
it could absorb it through your skin or put the toad in your mouth for some reason. Imagine being a toad and you're just minding your own business, doing little toad-like things, and then the equivalent of a god comes by and picks you up and starts manhandling or woman-handling or person-handling you and starts licking you, and you're like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. I would get your tongue off me. I don't consent. Consent is important. That's why we advocate do not do any necrophilia and do not lick toads because the dead and amphibians cannot consent. Yes. And consent is key. And according to the Oakland Zoo, if you want to get high from toad venom, that's not the way to do it. You don't lick the toad. <laughs> Thank you, Oakland Zoo, for letting us know this. Don't you squeeze them and then let the liquid dry? Yeah, yeah. So, so you collect the, the venom from the back of the toad's eyeballs. You then have to dry it and you can roll it and smoke it. And then you get really high and it can cause, according to the Oakland Zoo, which I'm glad that there's experts at the Oakland Zoo willing to share this knowledge with us. Once you smoke the Sonora Desert Toad's venom, it causes euphoria and strong auditory hallucinations. So I was aware of that. I have never smoked toad venom. Well, it's illegal in California to possess it. Okay. I don't think it's illegal in California to have the toad. So that's kind of a catch-22 right there. Like, no officer. So you can have the toad, you just can't be extracting liquid from its eyeballs, drying it, and smoking it. Yeah. Okay. Right. I I did know that is how you're supposed to consume toad venom. I've never actually done it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my question is, who's the person who first looked at a toad and decided, I need to milk this toad, dry the liquid I extract from this toad, and then smoke it. Someone had to do that. Someone had to be the first. Someone had to be the first to figure out any odd no, thing I, that we have. Exactly. And, and I Who's the have... first person to figure out haggis? It's like, I'm going to take this sheep's stomach and pump it full of all this awful, weird meat, let it sit for days, and then cook it and eat it. There's a lot of experimenting, and by far the bulk of the experiments don't work, but hats off to the first bold person who decided to milk a toad, dry mm. it, and and smoke it. Yeah. Who is the first person to invent Kivik? <laughs> Take a seal uh, and stuff it with birds uh, and let it ferment for months what? on end under Ooh, rocks. What? Oh. It's I a mean, delicacy. Yeah, I know. We're coming know, up on Kivik season soon. Get ready. That's true. That's a, another callback. You have to, it's a deep dive. That's a deep dive the right there. Podcast. Mm, Kivik. <laughs> Speaking of smoking things, uh, go on and getting high. Uh huh. A recent study in the Journal of Applied Psychology has found that cannabis use does not increase your actual creativity; it increases how creative you think you are. Yeah, so there's this common trope and idea that, oh, you smoke some pot and you get these kind of cool ideas. And I mean, I don't know, maybe your brain's putting different things together that it wouldn't necessarily put together. You're making unique, novel connections to things. But according to this study where they took 191 participants who were randomly assigned to one of two groups, one of the groups smoked weed about 15 minutes before the study began and the second group 
just started the study without smoking any pot or not. They were then given what's called a divergent thinking test. Do you know what divergent thinking tests are? No, I do not. You're given a common object and then you try and come up with as many different ways to use that object beyond what it's normally used for. Oh, okay. So they were given a brick and four minutes to decide on all the different ways that you could use this brick, which sounds like the most stoner thing I could possibly imagine. It was like, I'm going to get high and stare at this brick for four minutes and figure out how I can use it for something. What they found based on this study is that the people that got stoned before staring at the brick and trying to figure out what to use it for, they reported feeling very happy and joyful, but they didn't come up with any more new novel ideas to use the brick than the non-stoned people involved in the test. But They, they were just in a better mood. They were in a better mood, okay. but they also... When they were evaluated, when they asked them to evaluate their creativity during the exercise, they evaluated themselves as being more creative in the ways that they could use the brick than oh. the people, even though there was no evidence that they came up with any more or better ideas as to how to use this brick than the non-stone people. So the benefits, I guess, of cannabis is it doesn't make you any dumber. It didn't interfere with their performance of the task. Of staring at a brick, <laughs> thinking of what can I do with this brick. It only made them happy and it made them feel like they were more creative. Happy and more confident. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I can see how that would be a selling point for a lot of people. Even if it doesn't make you more creative, you're like, I feel more confident about my base level of unaffected creativity and I'm in a good mood. Yeah. Uh, one final thing, stuff to get you fucked up. Go on. Something other than toads, I hope. Something other than toads. Uh, space travel. It looks like it might be in our future at some point if Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos have their way. Does space travel get you fucked up? Uh, space travel doesn't get you fucked up. I mean, you get some pretty high Gs, right? But there is a company that saw that there might be a need in the future for something that space tourists would want. Do you know what that could possibly be? Uh, it's not space, space cocaine. It's not space cocaine. <laughs> space trinkets? Space trinkets? This, you know, whenever you go to any gift shop or or, or tourist, they're tchotchkes. like, look. Tchotchkes. Yeah, space tchotchkes. Space tchot no, no, this is this is something to get you fucked up. Oh, uh, uh, snorting lunar dust. Do you think snorting lunar dust is going to get you fucked up? People were smoking toad juice, mm -hmm. so I wouldn't put it past humans. Well, I'm sure that when we make it to the moon, people are going to test the moon and be like, is there anything on the moon that get me high? Uh, humans do yeah. like doing that. Well, that's that's what humans do. The, the, the history of humanity is broken down into two parts. Can I fight it? Can I fuck it? Can I eat it? Or does it get me high? Well, no, I was going to say the fight or eat, but I was just like, does this get me fucked up or can I fuck it? Right. Or, 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 or fight or it. Or eat it. Or give me some or nutrients. I just uh, yeah, Give yeah. me enough nutrients so I can keep moving forward to find to something find else something that else. will get me fucked up and, or fucked. <laughs> uh, yes. Right? Correct. Mm -hmm. No. Okay. What could tourists in space possibly need to celebrate being in space? Space booze? Space booze. Okay. Yeah. Specifically. Uh, space booze, cocaine, and mushrooms? No, no. What kind of space, space booze? Oh, what what kind of space booze? If you uh, made it to space and you want to celebrate, how do people celebrate? 
Absinthe? Absinthe? Is that how you celebrate? I, I, do, I don't know. Space vodka. Really? Made out of space potatoes. All right. I'm going to, okay, clear your mind. It's a uh -huh. big celebration. People are gathered to celebrate something. Let's say like... Space champagne. Space champagne. This company, GH Mum, which is a very big champagne company in France, spent five years and untold amount of money developing champagne for space. Okay, that's a choice. That's a choice. It's... <laughs> Their idea is that regular champagne isn't fit for zero gravity because if you've ever opened a bottle of champagne, what happens? It explodes. It explodes and it goes everywhere. And you don't want that when you're floating around a spaceship. You don't just want champagne spraying all over the place in little droplets. So they had to create a way that they could pop the cork off. And then there's a little lever that it doles out small little globules of champagne that you can then catch in this specially designed like egg cup as you're floating around in space also the bottle had to be made out of special aircraft grade aluminum and it had to be pressurized in a certain way in order to get it into space because the pressure of being in space is completely different and the final step that they had to figure out was that it's stronger fruitier more vibrant acidity because when you're drinking things or tasting things in space, I don't know if you know this, but your taste buds get affected by space as well. I did not know that. Yeah. How, do, how does space affect your taste buds? Well, I don't know if part of it is like part of taste is smell. So if the smell is not going directly into your olfactory senses, you might not be tasting it in the same way. But what they were saying is that the, the taste of regular champagne wouldn't be noticed in space. So they have to make huh. this uber strong champagne for people to celebrate in space. But in space, it would just taste like regular champagne. So what would be knock your head off on Earth would not be like that in space. Yep. Okay. I did not know that. That's yeah. fascinating. I also was thinking, I know for the longest time we were talking about and dreaming up an episode of this podcast about sex in space. Correct. And what would sex in space be without space champagne? Uh, less intoxicated. I'm I guess. Guessing. Yeah, but thankfully for this company, spent five years and millions of dollars, and they finally have champagne for space. So, if your dream is to go up in space and have a romantic time with a lover, first of all, sex in space is going to be not what you think it is at all. It's <laughs> we'll, going to be we'll go challenging, <laughs> friction, bouncing all grip, over the place, lubrication. Yeah. And also do not consume so much space, space champagne, champagne that you become so intoxicated that you can't figure out air pressure or accidentally jettison yourself out of an airlock. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or else your dream of fucking in space could become a nightmare. Correct. Be careful out there when you're drinking your space champagne that you don't end up in the great void dead because of space intoxication. Stay safe. Speaking of nightmares, mm. we have we're, we've done we've touched we've touched on a couple of we've touched a lot of things. 
we touched a lot of things. We've touched on a couple of callbacks on this podcast, and regular listeners know this is just around the time of year where we did a Halloween episode mm-hmm. where we had the fear chord. Yeah, the fear tone that I would like to yeah. put into things, make people feel uneasy. People want it to be ghosts, <laughs> and... There's no evidence of ghosts, but what we do have is mold, and we also have acoustics in old houses that can resonate with the fear tone, and it can cause apprehension, anxiety. Uh, Turns out that there isn't just a fear tone. There is a piano chord that can potentially eliminate nightmares. Hmm. Can you guess what piano chord this is? Well, I want to say maybe, well, I know that Nigel from Spinal Tap thinks D minor (laughs) is the saddest chord. I mean, when he's talking about lick my love pump in D minor, (laughs) it's the saddest key of all. So I don't know if that would eliminate. I mean, when I think of lick my love pump, that kind of chases the nightmares away. (laughs) Uh, this isn't Lick My Love Pump. Okay. It turns out that nightmares can be silenced with a single piano chord, which is the chord of C69. Mm, I'm going to look up that piano chord now. Uh, a study done on 36 patients with a nightmare disorder showed that there are two simple therapies that can reduce the frequency of their bad dreams. We don't really know what causes nightmares we've covered in previous podcasts, sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. and poor sleep leads to anxiety. It uh, leads to confusion. It can actually have physical issues. It can affect your health. So people that have really bad nightmares can have it affect their entire life. And being able to find an effective way to combat this is something that's very beneficial for increased productivity and increased health. And as it turns out, uh, you can use image rehearsal therapy, which is basically training your brain to uh, address nightmares. So basically you pre-plot out how your nightmares are going to go. So super common nightmares that you have, you can then come to a happy conclusion and train yourself in the waking world to say, if I keep having a certain specific reoccurring nightmare, here's a way that I can resolve it. Mm-hmm. And in addition to imagery rehearsal therapy, which is something that I want to start implementing because I have a lot of nightmares of me being chased. You can also train your brain with a certain stimulus called targeted memory activation. And using the piano chord of C69, it has been shown to significantly decrease people that have been diagnosed with nightmare affective disorder. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you want to pop in a pair of headphones and listen to the piano chord C69, you're going to have less nightmares. Mm -hmm. I, I want more C69 in my life. I don't think you're the only one. It's not that I didn't find this study interesting. Uh, I did, but I have to admit that a certain part of me was uh, highly amused that the chord was uh, 69. Of course it was. And before 
you give these fine people their jaunty salute that they have earned by making it this far in the episode. I do want to point out that we did successfully fit in sex, drugs, drinking, and rock and roll. That's what you come to the Dirty Talk podcast for. Yeah. Booyah. There you have it. Time for the jaunty salute, our goodbyes, and we will call it another week. And stay away from those toads. They can't consent. Don't do it. Don't do it. Also, there's got to be better ways to get high than toad eyeball juice. Yeah. And be very suspicious of strange women wanting you to lick their nipples. (laughs) That's my takeaway. Yeah. Stay away from the toads and also strange women offering their nipples to be licked. Or bring wet wipes. Always use a wet wipe on a nipple that you don't know. That is the PSA of the week for the Dirty Talk podcast. That's why you come for these information, knowledge nuggets that we share with you. Thank you so much for joining us. We will catch our Patreons next week. And if you are not a Patreon, we will catch you the week after that. One jaunty salute coming your way, over and out. Be good to each other and dodge those toads. Bye-bye.